they burned it down. If you rebuild, they build it. They will come You didn't hear them? Beg your pardon? The boy? Pete? They blew it up. If you rebuild it, they They demolished it. If you rebuild it, they will But horror has a permanent address. Welcome to my home. The house of Frankenstein lives. You see, uh, we began a project a few years ago, but unfortunately it was it was interrupted. And we're most anxious to Take it up again. In September and October, the Fire and Water Podcast Network presents a Supermates tradition, covering four classic horror films and four related comic book adventures. I must find more victims before my work is done. You need look no further, vampires. We'll take the bat jet to the Hall of Justice and transform the other super friends. <laughs> Featuring an all-star cast. James Spader. Are you crazy? Jack Nicholson. Oh, just marking my territory. Anthony Hopkins. She lives beyond the grace of God, a wanderer in the outer darkness. Lon Chaney Jr. One becomes accustomed to the darkness here. Michelle Pfeiffer. You're afraid that when it gets dark, you'll attack me. Vincent Price. Let's uh, see what the rest of this mausoleum looks like. Gary Oldman. It's really of your own will and belief. Some of the happiness you bring. Winona Ryder. I almost feel pity for anything so hunted as this count. Peter Cushing. I am a doctor of medicine, law, and physics. To the best of my knowledge, doctorates are not awarded for witchcraft. But if ever they are, no doubt I shall qualify for one. And Keanu Reeves. Doctor! This Halloween, visit our field of screens at the scenic house of Frankenstein, where terror is only a listen away. Welcome to Goth Girl Horror, part of the Radio Horror Network. This is the podcast dedicated to the comic books created by Tim Seeley, Hack Slash. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Serena. And tonight on Goth Girl Horror, we diverge from our normally scheduled line of books. Uh, You would be hearing issue 7, which I actually thought was going to be a break before the tub the hot tub storyline, but I think that's afterwards. Uh, So, in honor of the 50th anniversary of Vampirella, we thought we would cover the Hackslash vs. Vampirella crossover that happened in 2017, two years ago, as uh, we wanted to do something in honor of Vampirella. And and she does show up in Hackslash Resurrection, but we're not going to get to that. We'll get that in our normally regular scheduled timeline in two or three years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we decided to cover the, what is this, five issues, uh, Serena? I think so. 
the five-issue Hackslash Vampirella crossover. In conjunction with that, we also are going to have, throughout the month, creators who have worked on Vampirella on the show with us for the beginning of the podcast before we get to the actual issue, unless they actually worked on the issue itself. And we're going to have the, uh, the, the, uh, the typical plot synopsis and then the discussion of the issue and so on and so forth. All the issues were by Dynamite, and Vampirella is part of the Dynamite universe, I guess you could call it. Tonight on the show is no different. We're going to have on the show with us the artist who's worked on not only a Vampirella book, it worked on the Vampirella reanimator crossover, Verses, uh, which was really cool, but also the Pumpkinhead uh, miniseries. Uh, Pumpkinhead was a character uh, created by um, like Stan Winston Studios and had a movie in the 80s and a few kind of crappy sequels. Um, but make a, it would make an interesting TV series if they could ever do it, because Pumpkinhead lends itself to that type of anthology show where somebody messes something up, and they can call Pumpkinhead, and then Pumpkinhead kills them, because, as you would with Pumpkinhead. But this comic book series was, was really cool, and uh, so on the phone with us to talk about his contribution to Vampirella and who Vampirella is, because we're also going to get into Vampirella's history and where she got started, because she was created in 1969. We're going to have other people who've worked on Vampirella on with us to talk about their contributions to Vampirella. And Serena and I might, uh, for shits and giggles, <laughs> watch the Vampirella movie starring Talia Soto from Showtime, which is pretty you awful. Well. It is so awful. But on the show with us, uh, again, uh, the artist behind the Vampirella reanimator book and uh, Pumpkinhead is Blackie Shepard. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Blackie. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The idea of Vampirella fighting, uh, like, the reanimator or the reanimator's, like, creations or, or uh, what, what's involved, what the reanimator is involved with was uh, kind of interesting because it, um, it definitely seems like Dynamite's all about, like, let's cross over our characters in doing stuff with people. They yeah, Dynamite loves their crossovers. And they they own like the license to Reanimator too, right? Cuz they put out the Reanimator miniseries uh, a couple years well, prior to this. Uh no, okay, so that's kind of been a tricky thing. When I first came up with the idea for the Vampirella versus Reanimator, I was at uh Crypticon, a horror convention here in Seattle, uh I want to say 2 years ago now. And uh, I was I just happened to be sitting at the bar and noticed that I was sitting next to Barbara Crampton. Oh my God! And, <laughs> yeah, she was she was a, a couple of things down, a couple of seats down. So I, you know, I didn't want to bother her. Anything, and, and but uh, just real quick for but, anyone who's not familiar with Barbara Crampton, who was she in the Reanimator Mythos? But uh, she played basically Dan, who is the movie equivalent of the narrator from the uh, the old H.P. Lovecraft m- stories. Uh, and so, very quick digression. So, in the old H.P. Lovecraft stories, there was Herbert West Reanimator, and then he always had this guy who was never given a name, who served as his kind of uh, right-hand man. Uh, and through the stories, he was just referred to as the narrator, or I don't even know if they referred to. He was just the person who kind of told the stories about H.P. or about Herbert West. Um, in the movie, they gave that role to a character named Dan. Right. Uh, and he and Barbara Crampton played Dan's girlfriend. And, Her uh, name was Megan Halsey in the movie. That's what it was. Megan Halsey. That's right. And uh, she has one of the most famous scenes in a horror movie ever. Oh, 
top shelf, you know, <laughs> I mean, and it, I, I watched that movie the first time when I, I think I was 12. Oh, yeah, uh, very appropriate age to watch that yeah. scene. Yeah, I was the latchkey kid. My mom didn't have a whole lot of control over what I watched. Serena, do you know what scene I'm yes. talking about? Dan's um, professor has been ogle-eyeing, uh, eye-banging this uh, co-ed since she was, like, a teenager. And uh, when he gets his head cut off by West or whatever and then reanimated, he gets uh, her, knocks her unconscious, kidnaps her, and then straps her down, and then she's stripped naked, and then he puts his decapitated head between her legs for a little cunnilingus. Oh, my... Yeah, no, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty hardcore and, and you know, transgressive, uh, to say the least. Um, Just a little. But, yeah, but anyhow, so I, I was sitting at the bar. I saw Barbara Crampton. I'd had the opportunity to talk to her a little bit that day. She was kind of rolling around. She came by. Uh, we talked about the fact that she was a Vampirella fan. Uh, and so... I uh, I started thinking about it. I, I told the bartender, hey, I want to buy Barbara's next round, you know. Um, but I didn't want to bother her. So, uh, and, and this is where my memory gets a little fuzzy. The next day, I was real hungover. Uh, and I'm doing the convention. And I believe Barbara and I talked for a few minutes. Uh, and I proposed marriage six or seven times with... Uh, <laughs> Real bummer that she didn't accept. Of course, then we both would have had to get a divorce, and that would have been ugly. The the idea for a reanimator versus Vampirella uh, story came into my head, and basically fully formed. Like, I have a strong concept. When I pitched it to Dynamite and Cullen, they liked it. Uh, but come to find out, what Dynamite has the rights to is not the movies, uh, and so any characters that are specific to the movies, we can't use oh. in, in reanimator comics. What they have the rights to, uh, and, and, and saying they have the rights to it is a little bit loose. Basically, the, the old short stories that H.P. Lovecraft wrote are public domain, like all of his mm-hmm. stories are. So anybody can make a reanimator comic if they want. They just can't use any characters that exist solely in the films. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the idea that I had originally had after speaking with Barbara was I wanted to have Megan Halsey's ghost haunting Herbert West and kind of functioning as a, uh, like, an anti-Jiminy Cricket, right? So constantly Mm -hmm. telling him what a failure he is. Right. She had come back as the bride of the reanimator in the second movie. Yeah, yeah, they put her in a different body. They had a different, but uh, but unfortunately, you know, my editor at, at Dynamite said, "Well, we don't have the rights to the Megan Halsey character, so we had to we had to jettison that idea." Unfortunately, right, 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 right. Um, this also is a problem that has come up with Tim uh, Seeley in this comic book as well, Hackslash. In uh, in a future podcast we'll get to, uh, the Hackslash Reanimator crossover, there was this problem with the film rights and the film characters versus the actual stu- you know, the actual uh, character in the book. And I right. we're gonna we're gonna wait to get to that story when we get there. Tim has talked about years ago, nine years ago when Tim Seeley first came on the show, uh, he did uh, it was around the time that the comic book uh, hack slash was running into that same problem, and he did talk about that. And we'll refresh that story when we get there. Reanimator's father is H.P. Lovecraft. Pumpkinhead's father is uh, Stan Winston. All, again, also great comic book. And God, there'd be a, that would be a cool thing. Hack slash versus uh, Pumpkinhead or the the kids, you know, Vlad and Cassie, Serena having I'd to sing. Vlad go fist to fist with uh, Pumpkinhead. That would be incredible. <laughs> 
I've become acquaintances with Tim over the over the years, and uh, it's one of those things that I keep kind of every so so often I'll shoot him an email or something and ask him, you know, hey, when am I going to get to draw some of that hack slash? Uh, and of course, those are the emails he doesn't reply to. Uh, <laughs> but, but having like Vlad and Cassie protecting a bunch of kids who made a mistake, and then Pumpkinhead's going to wipe them out, and they're like, Cassie's like, great, what do I do? I, we fight things like Pumpkinhead, but he's kind of doing what we we would we would do, but these kids aren't intentionally evil, you know, right. kind of thing. That throwing them into a Pumpkinhead story, not making it a hack slash story, but throwing those characters into a Pumpkinhead story. Would be fantastic. Moving on to Vampirella. Vampirella's got like four fathers as well. Forrest J. Anchorman, Trina Robbins. And, and a mother. Forrest J. Anchorman, Frank Rosetta, Tom Sutton, and Trina Robbins. And uh, was created, like I said, in 1969, hence why it's their 50th anniversary this year. And it's had like three publish, publication, public, publishing companies. Warren Publishing, Harris Comics, and uh, now Dynamite. Um, yeah. I never knew what happened to Harris. I know Warren went out of bank, went, went bankruptcy. I'm assuming Harris just went bankrupt as well. Uh, that's the same. Yeah, same, same. Because they were still publishing comics up until the early to mid-2000s, the, the, well, the first decade. And then in 2010, Dynamite took over, and they've been going gangbusters with the character ever since. Yeah. Keeping in continuity, I guess, everything that's happened before, or I, I'm not well, really sure. It's really hard sometimes. With respect to Vampirella's history, continuity is a really shaky thing, because she's <laughs> had so many revisions to her history. Right, and we're not going to get into that right on this podcast, because we have somebody else coming on who actually is responsible for doing that. <laughs> nice. Yes. We actually have uh, the creator of the writer of Vengeance of Vampirella coming on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll get into that whole mess in another episode because <laughs> that is a whole freaking mess to get into trust me what was your first exposure to vampirella when i was i want to say nine or ten i uh, i remember it very clearly uh when i was nine or ten i went to a local you know gas and sip on the corner you know corner store or whatever and uh i saw vampirella magazine the old you know warren publications magazine size format and stole it Oh, uh, yeah, it was the first thing, you know, that I'd ever done, you know, wrong, as it were, and just fell in love with the art. Uh, Pepe Gonzalez, to me, is the Vampirella artist to end all Vampirella artists, and his work was prominently featured in that, that issue. And that was when I was first really getting into the idea of drawing pictures and, and that kind of thing. And so I've kind of fallen in, I had kind of fallen in love with the the horror kind of cheesecake mashup genre that that Vampirella represented before I even realized why it wasn't until you know three four years later when I'm when I'm hitting puberty that I was like oh that's why I, that suit that costume got me but I by that time my my love of Vampirella was was pretty innocent you know I just liked the the idea of a space vampire and you know the art was amazing and you know it was really uh something that blew my mind and so i've just been in love with the character for my whole life you know i've i've uh, it, she's been something that i've always drawn her or uh been drawn to her uh and then my first gig in comics uh for dynamite was uh i think a 6 or 8 page piece in a Vampirella anthology that they did a few years ago. What book was that? Fairy Tales. Uh, I think I was in issue four, a story written by, oh, uh, Stuart, um, I shouldn't be blanking on his name, but uh, it was called The Vampirer's New Clothes. It was a twist on The Emperor's New Clothes. 
Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I have that uh, trade paperback. I'll have to look for your story. Uh, Serena, what was your first exposure to Vampirella? I actually don't remember. I feel like I've been seeing the Vampirella character forever, and, like, I just always gravitated to her because she's a super hot, dark-haired, like, vampire. And it wasn't until I got into comic books, like, not that long ago, that I realized she is such a storied character. And for the 50th anniversary, uh, Art Germ did a cover of her. for the- Which oh, was amazing. God. It is. I, I have the noir version so that I can frame it because it is one of the most gorgeous pieces of comic book art I've ever seen. And she's just beyond amazingly beautiful. As far back as I can remember without, like, mixing my memories up into my head, I think it's – um, and I, I actually I, – I, <coughs> excuse me. I actually got the chance to say this to him because he's, he is coming on the show. Uh, Tom uh, – t- Tom, uh, last name is – hard to pronounce for me, so I'm not going to butcher it until he comes on. But the writer of the original Vengeance of Vampirella when I was in high school, that was my first exposure to the character that I'm aware of. Hmm. That that series, that ongoing series for a while. Um, just that cover alone of the blood pouring out of the gargoyle into the pool that she's in, and she is just like pouring the pool of blood right up into her mouth. <gasps> it's a foil stamp cover, and she, I mean, she is just like bathing in the blood in her, and then you open the cover in the back, and her ass cheeks are poking out through the blood and her feet are kicking up in the air <laughs> so it was an insanely graphically detailed you know foil blood red cover uh for a 14 year old in high school to be seen <laughs> and then there was a terrible movie which we'll get into which we're going to make a lot of jokes about um a, yeah. little, a little later yeah. on real quick uh just uh in a not long explanation but go uh through just a bit of the plot detail of your uh vampirella miniseries Sure. So the idea is that uh, Herbert West is always trying to fix his formula because he uses his formula and it brings the dead back, but they're out of control. They're crazy. And so he Mm -hmm. finds out uh, through reading some ancient tomes that there might be a secret to help him perfect his formula somewhere in South America. So he goes to South America, discovers the tomb of Mictacasapotl, uh, who is Good the job. goddess? Who, thank you. Uh, who is the Aztec goddess of death and Mictlantecuhtli, who is the Aztec god of death? Uh, and in our story, the idea is that they are vam- vampiri from Draculon, uh, and that you know Vampirella had defeated them and put them in this tomb and basically shut them off from the world for a reason. So Herbert West shows up and shoots up Mictacasawatli or Mictic, yeah, her, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with the formula, brings her back from the dead, which is a terrible idea. Uh, and so <coughs> Vampirella then has to, you know, defeat them. Awesome. I'm excited to go to that one. It's great. I, I, here's the thing. I, I, I'm very proud of the idea. I'm more proud of the script and the, the, the plotting that, that Cullen came up with. Because, I mean, it, you know, the idea is okay at its surface, but when you and, get a really amazing writer on it, you know. And just to be, whatever, this is Cullen Bunn, who, who is Cullen Bunn, yeah. Man or Black, right? Yeah, man, amongst amongst a million other Many things. Other yeah. things. Yeah. I, I love the um, the cosplay cover that was done for one of your uh, books or whatever. She's got, like, the um, elixir in her hand, and she's got the, uh, the, the, the Vampirella costume on, but she's also got the lab coat coming off. Yeah, that's Joni Brosis, uh, that cosplayer. And in fact, when I draw Vampirella, I'm drawing her. Oh, she is cool. Vampirella Muse. So, uh, in fact, you'll notice that my version of Vampirella, at least in that comic, 
is not the traditionally buxom, you know, uh, big-hipped, you know, version of Vampirella that that most people are used to. It I isn't. drew. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, as I say, it isn't. And as a petite person myself, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I just I thought, you know, a the the very buxom version has been done, and 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 sometime mm-hmm. I'd like to draw that, but because she was going to be doing a lot of fighting in our story, I really wanted her to have more of a swimmer's body, more of a, mm-hmm. a live and lean body. And and Joni Brosis, man, if you just look at her straight on, she is, one, super gorgeous. But she, yes. in my mind, looks like Vampirella, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. even when I draw her, if, if I get the chance to draw Vampirella again, I'll probably do the more traditionally buxom build, but she's going to have Joni's face. Aww. Do you have a? Uh, that is so sweet. <laughs> do you have another Vampirella story coming up that you can talk about? Uh, nothing that I can cut. Ta- ta- no, not really. I've got several. <laughs> I mean, you can pitches. say yes or no, and then if you say yes, but then you can't talk about it, that's fine, or you can just say no, I don't. No, I, re- I don't really. I mean, I've got several pitches in to my editor at Dynamite, and they know that I'm dying to draw more Vampirella. Okay. Um, it's really just you know, getting that opportunity. Right now I'm working on another as yet unannounced project for them. Okay, uh, cool. Then I'm hoping once I'm done with that, maybe I can shuffle into some more Vampirella. Well, Blackie, we'll definitely have you back on um, probably, maybe, if we don't have you on the Goth Girl Horror, which focuses only entirely on Hackslash, we, I can probably have you on uh, Radio of Horror, the Dr. Chris Radio of Horror show for a much longer in-depth interview about sure. uh, more stuff in your career than just uh, what we're able to touch upon uh, for this brief amount of time. And we really, really do appreciate you coming on the show uh, as our first guest for our 50th anniversary tribute to Vampirella. Hey, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you both. No problem. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Your artwork is absolutely astounding. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate that. You guys do a great job your, yourselves. Thank you very much. Oh, Check out the rest of the podcast. I will. All right. Bye. Take it easy, guys. Bye. And now Serena, thank you Blackie for coming on the show with us, has our plot synopsis for us. For yep, Hack Flash versus Vampirella number one. Okay, so Hack Flash versus Vampirella was written by Sean Aldridge with art by Rafa Lavasco, colors by Chris O'Halloran, and lettered by Crank. It was published by Dynamite Entertainment in 2017. The first issue in this miniseries is titled The Heart is a Lonely Killer and opens with Cassie and Vlad in Las Vegas. Kathy is bubbling with excitement, while Vlad isn't quite sure. It smells like puke and desperation. As they head to their motel, they pass a couple of EMTs discussing their latest victim who had his heart ripped from his chest. This piques Kathy's interest, but Vlad reminds her they're on vacation. Kathy can't get away and finds this is the second victim in two weeks. Kathy wants to investigate, but Vlad is set on a vacation. Back in their room, Vlad takes a nap and Kathy sneaks out to find some nightmares. Cassie overheard some people saying the fifth floor has been blocked off as the crime scene, so she heads up. While scoping out the room where the murder took place, a woman interrupts Cassie. After a minor minor scuffle, Vlad intervenes. The woman calls Vlad a beautiful creature and begins mesmerizing him. She then tells them to leave her, for they are masking her scent. The woman reveals she is a vampire from outer space named Vampirella. She is hunting the blood-red Queen of Hearts, an evil entity in love with the wrong god. She needs to find her before she brings about the apocalypse. Cops interrupt them, but our heroes manage to flee. As they leave, they find a woman clutching a human heart. She disappears in a blaze of fire, but leaves behind something for Cassie and Vlad. A red-horned beast with Cassie exclaiming a simple, Fuck me. Uh, All right, so there are multiple covers for this, and we will post a cover a day on the Twitter, because I'm not going to post all 
seven covers on one <laughs> post on the RadioHorror.com website. Yeah. The covers go from A to K, but some of them are repeated called virgin covers. And by virgin covers, in case mm. you don't not aware what that means, it means there's no text, there's no lettering, there's no credits, there's no barcode even. And they're worth more because of the fact they're an unblemished piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most expensive of those I've seen recently is um, the cover to, I want to say it was Amazing Spider-Man number 25 of the current volume, millions of times that we've done this. It's Spider-Man <laughs> hanging down into the iris of his new villain known, name is, known as Kindred, who has like a bandage wrapped face, rotted teeth, and wears a cloak, and has these uh, centipedes that like live all over his body. Giant centipedes. And uh, he is tied to, like, Mephisto coming back to life, and he's got some history with Norman Osborn, and he clearly knows who Peter Parker is, Spider-Man, but has no interest in harming anyone in Peter's life other than Peter himself. Oh, And we don't know his identity. And in fact, in Absolute Carnage, it was revealed he is the one who lets Norman Osborn out so Carnage can get a hold of him to give him back the Carnage symbiote. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was just revealed. So, anyway, moving on to this. So, cover A is by Jenny Friesen. 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 That is the one you have. That is the uh, Queen of Hearts card with Cassie Mm -hmm. and Vampirella fighting each other. Then we have cover B, which is the one I really kind of wanted to pick up, and if I ever see it cheap, I will, by Gordon Sadozka. Then we have Zazuka. <laughs> then we have the sexy and lovely, and you can go on her Instagram and look at all her gorgeous pictures, Brittany Blake's photo cover, which is the one I have. And then we have cover G is a different one because the others are alternate covers. I mean, they're the same picture, but just slightly different things here and there. Uh, by Michael Dooney, who, if I'm aware, is a former Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle artist. And then we have Billy Tucci, creator of She!, who I've met a few times and is a lovely gentleman to talk to whenever you have the chance to. Artist is on this issue is Rafa Labosco and Sean Aldridge. And by the way, this comic book was published during the Hackslash Resurrection run. And according to Greg on uh, Twitter, this takes place between the two series, volumes one and two. Oh, okay. So, okay, so right off the bat, we have Vlad and Cassie in Vegas. Yeah. And they're excited to be in Vegas. Vlad is Cassie's being... Cassie's excited. Vlad doesn't... Yeah. He's not so sure. No, he's like, I don't want to be here. It's probably too bright for him. I mean, considering the way he looks, it's probably just way too bright. Yeah, I actually think he... Oh, I thought he said something about the lights, but yeah. The light's so bright, like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big guy, we're not staying <laughs> yeah. here. We're over there. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying at the no-tell motel. And Cassie can't help herself other than getting involved in, like, seeing a dead body. No. And as far as I'm aware in continuity, this is the first, this is not the first Supernatural being they encounter because they fought Chucky and Evil Ernie, but this is the first time they encounter vampires. Yes. I believe this is the first time in publication they encounter vampires. I think, I think so. It sounds about right. All right. Just so we're on the same page. Cassie sneaks out. She puts her shirt back on over the bra that she's always just drawn in, like the statue I own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to be conservative, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Do you ever gamble? Not, no, not really, no. I don't like like losing money. <laughs> the one thing we definitely got to ask the next guest to come on, 
the next guest is probably the big one that we definitely have to ask this to, or the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom worked on Vengeance of Vampirella, and he's worked on several Vampirella books for Dynamite. So I, I thought maybe he could answer this question a little better than Blackie, because in, in Blackie's book, Vampirella is in her typical bathing suit costume. Yeah. In this comic book, Vampirella is wearing clothes, and that is a thing mm-hmm. in a lot of the Dynamite Vampirella cost, comic books. She is fully clothed. Yeah. And she only wears the costume when she's going into battle. Why is that? When, you know, I, I figured it was just that she was like less conspicuous or something. Maybe, and a lot of times in the Vengeance of Vampirella comic book or the other the the Vampirella period book, no subtitle that Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmati drew following Vengeance of Vampirella, she would wear like uh, sometimes uh, like a trench coat over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, there's like entire like story arcs where she's not in the costume other than on the cover because that's how they have to sell it. Then they yeah. did that god-awful-looking manga younger version revamp, which everyone hated except for people who were like, oh, well, that's just your typical male response to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, it's not for you. It's supposed to be for younger girls. Ah. <laughs> Notice they're not doing that character in the version of Vampirella anymore. They wiped that out or whatever went right back yeah. into the bathing suit. But you know what I'm talking about, right? She looked like Van Helsing uh, from the uh, what, what's the comic book that has all the cheesecake covers and fairy tales, grim fairy tales, female yeah. female Green Arrow can, or female Robin Hood. Yeah, like I can see it, but I, I can't pull out the name of it right now. Right, you know what I'm talking about. Like J. Scott Campbell does a ton yeah. of covers for them. Okay, yeah. that's what Vampirella looked like. In fact, she looked very mm-hmm. manga on the covers too. You know, like she still yeah, had some that's... she still had some cleavage, but she was like almost fully clothed. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> no, so when Vampirella shows up while Cassie's investigating shit, uh, Vampirella tosses her around like a, like a rag doll. Yeah, and I definitely like the panel next to the little square one where, like, Vampirella has Cassie, Cassie up by her neck. And you can see on Cassie's face that she's like, what the hell? This yeah. Happen to me. She is not. Uh, she does not like being tossed around by somebody she cannot take down, and she cannot no. take down Vampirella. Yeah, and then she just tosses her away like whoop. Yeah, if Vampirella wanted to, Cassie would be dead. Oh yeah. So, but she is like all up into Vlad's business. Yeah, she's mesmerizing him. He's a beautiful creature. I think it's more than that. I just think she likes the big boys. <laughs> I think so too. It is a little bit of that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that kind of comes back into play later on in the Resurrection uh, four-part <laughs> story. I would love to see another team up with these these characters. If that's I like, would, too. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd have to wait, because right now, Vampirella's busy hanging out with Red Sonia and Betty and Veronica. And her own series. <laughs> that, too. That's yeah. She gets around. Yeah, or Cassie and, pa- Cassie and Black can maybe guest star in her series. Ooh, that'd be cool. Because we don't know what's like, happening. they go to the... Um, her planet or something. Ooh, that'd be cool. Right, and there's a big Cassie uh, ca- uh, hack slash announcement coming up in the 15th anniversary special. Yeah. There's going to be a the direction the series is going. That's what it says in the image byline for the for the for the 15th anniversary special. Yeah, like they're definitely it's a big tease. Like they're just something's I, happening. Right. Only Tim knows, and we're going to have him on the show when that issue comes out, so we can discuss yeah. it with him, as well as I'm wondering if it has anything to do with maybe possibly making Cassie part of the Image Universe, hence why Spawn, Savage Dragon, you know, those characters are on her cover. I would so like to see Cassie hack and Spawn. Or Savage Dragon. Yeah, I just, I love Spawn. Like, I, I uh, remember when the movie came out with What's-His-Face and John Leguizamo as the clown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I was scared to walk under a tree at night for, you know, he, like, came down out of the branches for years. Right. <laughs> Giant CGI them. mess of a cartoon movie. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was young when it came Yeah, out. I know, I know, I know. That's why I'm not making fun of you too, too much. <laughs> so this Blood Queen, I was curious if this is the Chaos Queen because she says, Scoon, Chaos, my love. Now, Chaos is a character mm-hmm. in Vampirella. Yeah. We can talk about that with our next guest because he is responsible for all that nonsense. He's also responsible for probably one of the biggest things that happened to Vampirella, a la Gwen Stacy dying. Yeah. He killed off Gwen- Vampirella's longtime lover since the beginning of her creation, Adam Van Helsing, the grandson of Abraham Van Helsing, mm-hmm. who was Vampirella's lover. Yeah. Yeah. Big time killed but, her off. But no, when I first read it, I didn't think she was saying like, I didn't actually think she was saying chaos if it, that as if that was the name of a character. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find out. That. We'll find out. We're only in the first issue, so. Well, was was chaos a god? Chaos was a character in Vampirella lore. Okay. Well, no, because in this one it says that like she Vampirella is explaining that this chick fell in love with the wrong god. So. Oh, you mean like the chaos, like lords and chaos and stuff like that, like yeah. like Marvel's got chaos, uh, law and order kind of character. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't really think about it as a name, but it kind of makes sense. Also, isn't the chaos um, lords or something? Aren't they the people like involving with Doctor Fate in DC Comics? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not that good at DC Comics. Remember all those wings look a little weird in that next page where they're kind of like little itty-bitty bat wings? And she's used to having these giant sprawling things. Yeah, but those wouldn't fit under the tank top. (laughs) They kind of morph in and out of her back. Hence why she wears the bathing suit. (laughs) Exactly. It's more practical when you have wings. The reason why we didn't get into Vampirilla's origin in this episode with Blackie is because, again, Tom is heavily responsible for, for changing Vampirilla's origin from being... Uh, an alien from the planet Dracul to being the daughter of Lilith on, from Hell on Earth, and then mm-hmm. somebody made it, changed it again, and then somebody at Dynamite changed it again. So she's had four revisions of her origin, like a ping pong ball. Yeah, I mean, you just get to pick the one you like the most, I guess. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I like to have I like one concise. Because then like you try to explain version. it to people, and they're like, "What? I don't get it." I'm like, "I know, neither do I." Yeah. Peter Parker, bitten by a radioactive spider. But then J. Michael Straczynski is like, but what came first? Was it the spider or the powers? Oh, and you're God. like, oh, God, that's still going on today with the <laughs> Spider-Verse. <laughs> like, yeah. I like. I think one of, that's one of the things that I don't like about a lot of movies and stuff nowadays is that people need, like, a reason for everything. And it's like, no, just go with it. Just imagination, people. Just go with it. Um, I like uh, Cassie trying to get the woman's attention. Excuse me, miss, but I couldn't help but notice you have a fucking human heart in your hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, just hello. Excuse and then me. she leaves him like a demon present. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we leave it. <laughs> yeah. Next this issue. Thing looks like gnarly. Next issue, the Blood Red Queen of Hearts continues her quest to win the love of the Mad God Chaos by sacrificing incidents. Cassie Hack and Vampirella. Well, again, also still a character in in in, in um, yeah yeah. So that's what I'm trying to figure out if it I, I again I haven't read these since 2017. So which is yeah. around the time I actually originally wanted to start this podcast, but heavy delayed on trying to go just a little bit. Well, it's uh, good though because I wasn't on Twitter in 2017. Good, so good, good, good. So by the way, Hackslash is credited as being created by Tim Seeley, Tim Seeley and Stefano Caselli. Sometimes <laughs> it's just Tim Seeley. This time yeah. they credited both of them. 
Yeah, I was. I do get a little confused by that every now and then. Right. Maybe something to bring up to t- to Tim about that. Well, why is it sometimes yeah. Stefano? Also, Tim is not in the credits for this book whatsoever. So I also would love to find out what was his involvement in allowing this. Did he just license them to use him? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too when we were speaking with Blackie. Was what kind of like licensing whatever there was between hack or between dynamite dynamite and image when they were doing this one. No, don't forget, Blackie had nothing to do with Hack Slash, so we wouldn't ask him. Oh, no, I was saying, I thought about that when we were talking to him. Oh, oh, right, okay, yeah, but he, again, yeah. he has but not like, worked on anything. But, like, you know how Tim said that, you know, when he wanted to use the other, like, he would just crow. ask his friends for permission? That like the crow. Like yeah, like yeah. the Yeah, because Steve Obaro is the crow, I think. Yeah, maybe he's friends with Sean Aldridge, and he was like, hey, bro, let me use Hack Slash? I don't know. There's another thing... I feel like the cop. Okay, lift up a cop. Your copy of this Dynamite comic book. Uh huh. What does the texture feel like? It feels like it's very light. Like it doesn't feel like it's twenty-two pages, right? No, it really doesn't. Like I got to the end of the issue and I was like, wait, that's like I I was writing the synopsis and I was like, wait, I thought we had more. Yeah, very abrupt endings. I felt that way with the Chaos miniseries as well. Yeah, it almost feels like this. Maybe this issue wasn't supposed to be the end of this issue. It was, like, stretched out, and there was supposed to be a little bit more. Maybe, maybe. Ads for this issue mostly all have to do with Dynamite. Uh, There's a Barbarella ad, which is hilarious. If you even know what Barbarella is, played by Jane Fonda in a very sexy role. Jane Fonda is now on a TV series on Netflix, isn't she? Yes, Grace and Frankie. Right. They play a couple of uh, 50-something, 60-something-year-old women trying to make it through life. Oh, no, it's way more than that. It's hilarious. Oh, okay, gotcha. I haven't watched it, so. <laughs> also, okay, so these are the other characters that Dynamite has access to. Garfield, The Shadow, Red Sonia, and Spy Arc, Red Sonia, Vampirella, Betty Veronica, Ascension. Yes. Kiss, The Army of Darkness, and so many more um, that I'm not going to get into, but there's a ton of them. Um, I love the artwork on the ad for the frames per second. I love whoever this I is. Do too. Oh, my God. Uh, Sergeant Bananas and Johnny Woo. I love it. I love how they do this, like, mixture of, like, weird stuff between, you know, m- many genres. Mm-hmm. Like Rizzo the Rat hanging out with Raphael on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't read the Shadow Batman miniseries, but I've heard it's really good if you're a fan of the Shadow or Batman. Hmm. I've never um, heard of the Shadow. That's cool. I wonder if they'll be making any more Grumpy Cat stuff now that the cat is actually dead. I don't know. I did not know there was a Grumpy Cat comic. Wow. Yeah, it was in time for Garfield's everywhere. 40th anniversary. I was way late on that one. Kiss should totally team up with Hat, Cassie and Vad. I'm sure Gene yeah. Simmons is pretty easy to reach. The New Jersey Comic Expo I did not go to. Dynamite Digital Comic Books. These are people who work for Dynamite. Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, Jim Butcher, J. Michael Jasinski, Gail Simone, Garth Ennis, Warren Ellis, James Robinson, Steve Niles, Colin Bunn. Uh, Howard Chaikin, Greg Pax, Tim Seeley, Mark Everybody. Wade, so many people. And then on the back cover, some of the most beautiful fucking women in comic books. Sheena, She-Double with a Sword, Purgatory, Vampirella, Red Sonia, and Deja Thorne, who is, if you don't know who that is, she is the female princess of Mars of the John Carter universe. Oh, hey. And these Today designs are made by the late great, the late great Michael Turner. Frank Cho, mm-hmm. J. Scott Campbell, sculpted by Jason Smith. I would love these statues, but they're $150 a piece. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like statues like this, but I just don't 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I would put them. I'd worry about them getting broken and Did all you, that stuff. Uh, according to um, what's his name on Twitter, that narrows it down. Oh, you know our favorite fan. Oh, Nick. Yeah, he said that the he said that the hack's last statue was like one hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Oh my god. The one that I have, the one that was originally oh. forty bucks, the plastic PVC one. Mm-hmm. That was originally a forty dollar purchase, but apparently it's worth like three times that now. Nice. Because they don't, it's you know, it's an independent character. They're not mass producing it, and a lot of those don't get continue being reproduced. Even the Marvel DC characters. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you order? Did you pre-order your hack slash figure yet? No, I'm probably not going to get it. I pre-ordered it. We'll see if it comes out. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, he is promising this is going to happen. So. Somebody has crossed. somebody told me that uh, they'll see it when they believe it. You know what I want to see? Like, you know what I would get because I'm not that big. I'd get a Cassie and Vlad Funko Pop. Why can't they have a Funko? Right. By the way, is your cover misstapled? Like, lay the cover down back on top of the book and then notice the seam. We're talking about defects in comics now, people. Real hardcore podcasting here. <laughs> um, actually, it slightly is, and I noticed it on the inside. That Def- is a little bit off. Yeah, definitely. Very weird, very weird. So, we're not always going to have a guest per episode, but uh, there's five issues in the series, so we'll either do two issues at a time or we'll have a guest on. The next guest we should be having on, again, is the original writer of Vengeance of Vampirella, because Dynamite, Dynamite is bringing back Vengeance of Vampirella, and it's going to be a continuation of that series, ignoring the events that happen afterwards. So kind of oh, okay. like the way IDW has done with Transformers and G.I. Joe, continuing the original Marvel Comics uh, numbering system. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, that does not mean, though, I don't know if that's going to mean that gonna, we're going to get Vengeance of Vampirella issue number 26, or is it going to be back to win issue number one? Yeah. So, but the next issue we're going to be doing is Hack Flash versus Vampirella number two. Uh, we will have a guest on for it. And then also we are possibly going to have a returning guest uh, from my Radio Horror show on the show with us. Nancy Collins is going to come on the show with us, creator of Sonia Blue um, from uh, After Sunglasses After Dark, as Wait. well as a writer, uh, as well as a writer of several other vampire novels, as well as a writer of a uh, a, uh, a run on uh, the character Swamp Thing, and she did uh, Vampirella for a year. Nice. Yeah, so she will be on the show with us talk about her contributions to Vampirella. As part of our 50th anniversary of Vampirella coverage this month, the only movies or media I can think that would relate to this is the Vampirella movie, which is pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, Movies that happened in Vegas. Gee, that could be any number of them. I recommend Looney Tunes Back in Action just because I like (laughs) Brendan Fraser. I am Dr. Chris of the Radio Horror Show. You can find me on Facebook at Radio Horror at ChrisDSAV on Twitter. If you are listening to this show on Thursday... Please check out the YouTube channel. We had somebody on the show, also from Dynamite, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, she actually also talks about why there will be no elvira Vampirella crossover. <laughs> Is it too close to Vampira? No, it, she, she talks about it. She just, she, they, they just think it would just be a bad idea. Again, find me also on uh, Instagram at Dr. Chris's Radio Horror and where you can find us at Goth Girl Horror and Serena. I'm Mad But Magic on Twitter. Cool. We'll be back in two weeks with our continuing coverage of the 50th anniversary of Vampirella with Hackslash vs. Vampirella number two. Yay! I can't. Murder 
your bad, these murderous monsters don't stand a chance. 